Soul Talk Podcast is your guide to all things wellness. On this podcast, you'll find many episodes with the scope and focus on health, wellness, and life. Welcome to episode 21 of Soul Talk Podcast. This episode is with Lisa McFarland. Lisa McFarland is a relationship coach and her big passion is educating people on how to have great relationships, not just with other people, but with ourselves as well. And uh, Lisa's done uh, TED Talks and and, and different um, public speaking on the topic. It's very personal and close to her heart and it's definitely well worth a listen to find out a little bit more about how we can improve our relationships. We talk in this episode about narcissism, gaslighting, sex, all the stuff. So I hope that you enjoy and can find something from this of value. Lisa, thanks so much for coming on. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Good. No, thanks for coming on. Um, so I I think the intro explained enough about uh, who you are and what you're about. So we're gonna get stuck in um to the nitty gritty. And I'd like to start <laughs> just by asking you. Um, your Instagram bio says, "Let's educate ourselves on how to have great relationships." So talk to me a wee bit about that. So I didn't know that was a real thing until I was forty-four. I didn't know that we could or should educate ourselves on how to have healthy relationships. I just probably, I saw things that my parents did and I thought, hmm, go do it different than that. Like maybe that was educating myself and lots of stuff I just repeated, lots of stuff I just had that, you know, and I think that's how we come into relationships. We just repeat what we've seen growing up and there's just so much more out there that we could do, that we can read, that we can do we tests on and then when my husband and I went through a difficult patch and it was a work-related thing it just all got totally out of hand it was just a business thing that had to be adjusted and we ended up arguing about it all the time when we went and got a little bit of help the shame and guilt around that was huge we didn't tell anybody the shame and guilt was so so bad I mean what we were going to do was get tips and tools on how to basically sort this thing out in our business and the shame and guilt was huge so that was me I was down a rabbit hole and I was like right this has to change this has to change this there has to be a better way this has to we have to get past the shame and guilt of this and here we are today (laughs) yeah because like I mean you'd hear a lot of the older generations like my granny and stuff would say that there's probably been a big era um it probably in my lifetime and before slightly that um people just give up you know if it's not working where you go mm-hmm. like get out of life kind mm-hmm. of thing but um back in their day <laughs> they fixed things and they made it work and like what was there an era maybe of where relationships changed and that people just walked away and were kind of going back to older times or I don't think, well, in my experience, I've never met anybody who's just walked away. I, I think people 
take ending a relationship quite seriously and um, maybe if you're going together a couple of years or that sort of stuff but if you've been together 10 12 15 years you have children I don't think in my experience no one has walked away from that just sort of willy-nilly I would also say that back in the day there were a lot of people who just stuck in relationships and were like this is my lot this is all I'm going to get you know I'm just sticking it because the shame and guilt of divorce or separating was too big too huge so I would say a lot of people just sucked it up and got on with it and stuck in relationships for 50 years and were they really happy or did they just decide this is my lot and I can't step outside the social norms yeah it's a lot about your your own self-worth as well isn't it like yeah um like you if you think this this is my lot this is it then you maybe don't really have a very high opinion of yourself or um you know it's a security thing as well like if you if you think that you'd rather be in this toxic relationship for example um rather than break away and see what else is out there even if it's just for yourself mm-hmm. then again you're not having you're you're afraid to be on your own as well yeah. um and then it, w- the whole thing with the, the shame and, and guilt and stuff too like I mean, some people would be ashamed to be single at a certain age or, you know, so, um, yeah. And then some people just get so used to being in a relationship that mm-hmm. they just don't know how to be with themselves, which actually takes me a little bit down a topic I was going uh-huh. to talk about later, but I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up now. Um, when we talk about relationships, and mm-hmm. when you talk about relationships and your work is very much about relationships romantically and with other people. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. about the relationship with ourselves? So do you do any work in this area or what's your... Yeah, so I would do a lot of work around people filling their own cup. Mm-hmm. So to fill our own cup, to know our greatness, to love and accept ourselves. Then we love and accept ourselves and then grow on our growth journey um, to improve and develop um, and then that sort of leads into attachment styles so when we love and accept ourselves we most likely are secure attachment styles but if we're having issues with um, ourselves basically and self-esteem issues we might find ourselves showing up in relationships as anxious and avoidant and again in my experience anxious attachment styles attract avoidant attachment styles like a moth to a flame because it gives the anxious something to worry about if the person's being avoidant all the time and then they're like see I was right and then the avoidant won't talk and it's just it's just very 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 difficult Mm -hmm. and I think also my generation um, grew up with the whole your other half and someone will come and complete you and you know you need this person to save you and that's all rubbish that's just all rubbish you're already whole, you're already complete. If you choose to journey this life with someone, that's awesome. But they're not your other half. They can be your partner. They're not your other half. You're already whole. Yeah, that's lovely, actually. Um, my friend um, just told me about attachment styles um, mm-hmm. with the book that she was reading last year. I actually didn't really know much about it before that. 
I can't remember the name of the book. Would you recommend any? It's books? called it's called Attached. Attached. <laughs> so yeah. I'll put the I'll get the name of the author and stuff and put it in the the notes. Sure. It's a good book. I don't I don't agree with everything in it, but that's okay. It's just a book, just a book, you know. But it's just all about those different attachment styles. Yeah. Um, I know it's funny. I think like we can all have different attachment, like we can all have different attachment styles as well, mm-hmm. depending on the type of relationship that it is. So like in one mm-hmm. relationship, I could be avoidant or in another relationship, I could be anxious or that, that the book mm-hmm. kind of talks about that, doesn't it? Yeah. And there's a bit in it as well that says, even when we um, get to a stage where we are secure, when we're in conflict or stress, we can default to a so do another attack. So my default would be anxious. So I'm like, okay, need to talk about that. Need to figure out why that happened. Okay, how can we not that that happened again? And did, did, did. and even my children are like, okay, mom, I think that's enough now. Okay, we've got all oh, we've ticked every box 50 million times. Okay, we're good. Um, you know, and being really anxious like that can almost push people into wanting to be avoidant because they're like, okay, enough already, you know, that sort of way. So it's just about recognizing these things in ourselves. The whole growth journey is just about recognizing, oh, I'm being defensive about that. Oh, I'm being overly anxious about that. Right. Hmm. Let me show what's my best self. Let me show what's my best self. Let me put my best foot forward. Let me say all my big girl words. I would say, have you said all your big girl words? Because these people are not mind readers. Where's all your big girl words? Come on, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so like high, other than like making yourself become aware of it, some people maybe just don't aren't that way inclined in, in a sense so like how how can you figure out like what way you are and what way you need to be or you know well you don't need to buy the book you can do the test it's a free test online it's right a free test online um and so on you can figure out what your attachment style is just on friday night one thursday night one tuesday night whatever you just go on and you just do your attachment style test and then if you if the test shows you that you're very anxious need to push into that we need to say right why am I anxious what's happened to me have I been in a toxic relationship do I have I'm maybe carrying a little bit of damage from my family of origin what is this because we all ultimately want to be secure attachment style mm-hmm. okay again we'll put the link in, by, in the notes um mm-hmm. so let's go back a little bit so I wanted to take a little well first of all take a moment that for your TED talk like (laughs) wow well done um the the topic was sex relationship shame and guilt Mm -hmm. so um you talked a bit about in it about how people think differently Mm -hmm. and I think like that is such a key thing in in a relationship I was having this conversation with someone recently like the the reason that relationships can be so difficult is because we are not the same person and we do never need to be the same person we just need to let each other be and get each other and continue to be true to ourselves well that's my interpretation of things anyway talk to me a bit about this TED talk and um you know how people think differently and and what it means so um expectations meeting reality is the core of arguments expectations meaning reality so we expect people to act the way we would we would act we expect the text we expect the, but we have no idea what's going on with them we have no idea about their family of origin we have no idea 
what's going on with them. Um, and within life coaching, we would talk about reframing. So say you see somebody flying down the motorway and you're like, look at that silly Billy, look at that person, da, 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 da. you know, Egypt getting on like that, you know, maybe we need to reframe and go, okay, maybe somebody is in hospital and they need to get there immediately, you know? So reframing is something that sometimes we need to do within relationships as well. Sometimes we can get very hurt and offended about things when it's a whole different thing that we don't even know anything about. And again, that's about using our bigger words, communicating, this hurt me. Can you tell me why this happened? Sometimes we get angry and anger is never the thing. It's always what's happening underneath the anger. I'm hurt, I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm frustrated. What's going on underneath? What's really, we've been taught just to sort of fly off the handle with our person and, you know, shouting and screaming and slamming doors. That's not the way we should be doing it. Healthy conflict, understanding where our person's coming from, them understanding where you're coming from and staying calm in the moment to really hear what our person is saying. Active listening is so, so important. Mm. And in terms of repetitive behavior, so mm-hmm. like doing this, was it was it Einstein that said? Yeah, you repeat, you repeat, you repeat. It's the first sign of insanity. But within relationships, we repeat and repeat and repeat. Every couple, I was the same, and every couple I've dealt with has an argument style. Yeah. Once you've been with somebody a few months, a year, a year and a half, you will fall into an argument style. And you just keep repeating that argument style, thinking sometimes something's going to change. And most of the time, wanting our partner to change rather than wanting to do any work ourselves. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And so you obviously work with couples to Mm -hmm. help them or and work with people to help them to change their patterns and mm-hmm. to change how they're thinking mm-hmm. um it's 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 maybe it's, is is there a wee bit of like cbt in it in a way like um i'm not a cbt trainer so yeah. but it's about um reprogramming is how I would call it which is sort of CPT but it, reprogramming is what I would what I call it and I laugh at couples because it's like I know every part of you is going to want to do the same thing again but for mm-hmm. catching yourself or maybe even leaving the room and saying I'm going to come back in a minute and just reprogramming I'm a huffer I was a 25 year huffer in my relationship and um, when I was told that I could no longer huff, I nearly huffed for about a week. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, well, you better give me something else because huffing really works for me. It doesn't, it didn't work for me. It didn't really work for me. And it just damages your soul huffing. It's horrible, horrible. So, you know, if, if I'm in conflict now, which is very, very rare, um, I'll say to my husband, okay, I feel like huffing. I'm really trying not to. So I'm going to walk over here and give you a hug you know oh, I yeah. nearly kill nearly kills me but have oh. to do it have to reprogram have to reprogram you're used here funny because um I, you put up a video a few weeks ago and you were getting mm-hmm. well, you were asking him questions and he was like mm-hmm. right that's enough that's, that's enough it. that's not enough we don't do it anymore that's not funny no more that's it <laughs> and but so considering considering the start of this madness he said I will never be on that page I'll never be on that page sometimes it goes on right sometimes it goes on I have a good wee thing for the page. I have a good wee thing for the page. Uh, so okay. it's come a long way. Yeah. Cool. 
Um, and so in terms of like boundaries, let's talk a wee bit about boundaries. Mm-hmm. So probably boundaries has been one of the biggest learnings for for me. Um, mm-hmm. Not just in a romantic relationship, but in a in life in general. Um, it's mm-hmm. really helped me to like manage relationships with family. Um, mm-hmm. And with friends I guess and 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 all that um so how how would you educate people to set boundaries like what are some of your tools and tips and actually how important is it boundaries are very very important for your mental health boundaries are very important for your mental health but boundaries are very wrapped up in your self-esteem we can really, we find it very hard to set boundaries when our self, our self-esteem is low. And uh, because quite frankly, we don't think we're worth the boundaries. Quite frankly, we just go around people pleasing the countryside and don't look after our own needs. Um, so we are worried about our partner's needs. We're worried about our family's needs. We're worried about our sister. We're worried about when really we should be worried about our own needs, filling our own cup. And how does that how does that play out? One thing I tell people all the time, and people think this is hilarious, um, there are people in your life that can be 20-minute people. They're just your 20-minute people. Because when you spend more than 20 minutes with them, you start to feel rotten about yourself. Oh, you just start amen. to feel like, you just start <laughs> to feel like, what am I even doing here? Or yeah. I say to people, when you're driving home in the car, assess how you actually feel. And if you feel worse than you did before you went and saw those people, they need to become your 20-minute people that you just check in with now and again, you drop a wee text. The people we surround ourselves with should lift us up, should encourage us, should love us well. Being seen, heard, and validated are some of our core needs. If people around you are not seeing, hearing, and validating you, then they're not your people. It doesn't make them bad people. They're just not your people. And that's okay. And that's all right. Doesn't make you a bad person for not getting them. I'm not for everybody. I tell you that for nothing. Sometimes I lose more followers on Instagram than I get. Um, and I'm not, I know that from, I have some nice friends, but not everybody is not for everybody. And that includes your family members. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I think I've learned that big time uh, in the past maybe couple of years. Um, it's just this weird thing where I started to... So, like, I I wouldn't say I have anxiety. I would say I have anxious feelings sometimes. And um, I have noticed a lot how I feel when I leave certain people's company. Mm-hmm weird it's like I do not I don't feel good after you know so then mm-hmm. I then I've reverted to journaling and then you write it all mm-hmm. out and you're like wow but that 20 minute people that's amazing I've never heard of that before <laughs> it can be your mother-in-law mm-hmm. it can be your brother it can be your auntie it can be your 20 minute person yeah yeah because there's no people in your life that you have to they're not you know you don't need to fall you don't need to have a whole like separation you just need to know yeah even though you're my auntie you don't think you're really my person so you know what we'll just check in nine again for 20 minutes yeah that's it like you because a lot of people 
and myself included, like I would see myself kind of, well, first of all, when you, as you kind of get older and grow, like natural part of human evolution is that you will change. And so you'll grow apart from people. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes I would struggle with that when it comes to the likes of friends, particularly Mm-hmm. You just you're just not on the same wavelength as them anymore you know yeah um a lot of my friends have kids now I don't mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we we have different interests we have different lives mm-hmm. um and sometimes it's maybe just trying to hold on to that you know something mm-hmm. that's not there anymore so mm-hmm. it's just acknowledging in yourself that it's okay to you know okay. and there's also a I think there's also a situation where when you have when you have kids like when my kids were we um it's a you might get on with somebody perfectly well as their friend but actually when they have kids they're raising their kids a totally different way than you mm. and it doesn't align with the way you're raising your kids mm. and they need to become your 20 minute people as well <laughs> yeah no problem you're going out for a cup of coffee just you and them but it's like okay no i'm not this is not what my kids do I you know either maybe you're more relaxed or maybe you're more strict or maybe you're more this or that or the other and it's like no this is not the sort of people that I want the, the kids to grow up around as well and that's okay too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're the most important person in the story yeah yeah and um so kind of similar there to what we just talked mm-hmm. about sometimes holding on to those relationships or mm-hmm. sometimes on a separate note romantic relationships can become Mm -hmm. very toxic Mm -hmm. um I've been in a I've been in toxic relationships myself and it's hard to leave Mm -hmm. I I don't know why maybe you know why but um it's hard to leave probably for all the reasons of shame guilt not wanting to be Mm -hmm. alone not knowing Mm -hmm. you know what's at the other side or um, just believing that someone can change and again just repeating 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 um so I mean a couple of things in there there's a couple of things in there first of all one of the things that seems to be coming up for women is that nice people mm. especially women fall in love with the potential of what the person could be mm. they don't actually fall in love with the person in front of them or if they've been love bombed at the start, they're in love with that person who showed up for the first two months of the relationship or maybe even the first year of the relationship. But the person who's showing up now on a daily basis is not that person. Mm. And there can be a lot of waiting around thinking, no, but he was like this. They were like that. It'll come back. It doesn't. Um, mm. uh, that was just lust chemicals that made them do all that. And now they're really showing you who they are. Okay. The other thing about relationships are is gaslighting. So a lot of toxic relationships, gaslighting would be a major thing. And the thing with gaslighting is we gaslight ourselves so much, our automatic negative thoughts gaslight us so much that when someone else gaslights us, it feels familiar. And the mind loves patterns. Mm. So when you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm... I'm, I'm stupid or I'm this or I, I, I can't do anything or I couldn't do that or I couldn't do a podcast or I couldn't do that. And then someone comes along and says, no, nah, you couldn't do that. Nah, there's no way you can do that. So you tried it before and it was hopeless. That's gaslighting. 
And when someone comes along and says those things to us, it makes us feel like, well, sure, I know that. I told myself that already. Your person should be saying, of course you can. Let's give it another try. Sure, it nearly worked last time. Let's go one more time. Let's. I'm here to support you, that sort of thing. Going against your own automatic negative thoughts. Because we have enough automatic negative thoughts in our own heads about someone else adding their negative thoughts to it. So it's gaslighting, basically, someone not supporting you and trying to put you down or, mm-hmm. yeah. Chip, 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 chipping away. And it comes from fear. It comes from the person's own fear. Now, the thing is, we all gaslight sometimes. It's the level of it. So I, my children tell me that I gaslit them. Um, when they were teenagers, I, well, when they were little, I told them never to walk past white vans with slidey doors because there was bad men in those white vans with slidey doors so like I mean they still talk about having issues walking past white white vans and I also told them that traveling is very dangerous very dangerous traveling is very very dangerous this is because I didn't want them to leave me you Mm. know so we all do little things like that you know oh I don't know if you could do that or oh that seems terrifying you know somebody tells you they're going to go and do a skydive oh really are you sure about that Mm. you know that's gaslighting at a very 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 neutral level but when that is happening drip drip dripping every day mm-hmm. and it might now it's going to get worse and it's going to get worse and um, it's really debilitating it's very very debilitating in yeah. a relationship so the the term toxic relationship is mm-hmm. a very blanket term really isn't mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. when I talked about blanket or when I talked about toxic relationships you automatically start saying you know all these different things about gaslighting and that sort of, you know, not being supportive and mm-hmm. fear and, and all that. So toxic relationship really is a, a really big, broad term. It's a very big, broad term. It's a very broad term. I would talk about toxic cycles. Mm. So, and toxic, and then we get into the whole toxic feminine, uh, the whole big mindset. So I, I would talk about a toxic cycle. I would talk about gaslighting within a relationship is toxic. Okay. Um, to not be seen, heard, and validated within your relationship is toxic. The toxic cycle is whenever you have a huge argument um, and then there's either huffing and door slamming and horrible words said to each other. And then there's the, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'll never do it again. This is ridiculous. Da, da, da. Why do we get ourselves into this? And oh, I'm sorry too. And I love you. And da, da, da. If you want to see a toxic cycle, watch Love Island. Um, and then you have <laughs> no, all the apologies, all the apologies, and then you have the great sex, and you have the sex hanging off the wardrobes, and it's all great, and we're all in the honeymoon period, and that lasts for a wee while, and then the argument again over something mm. different, and it's all thing and all horrible, and all da, da 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 da, and then we're so sorry, and we'll never do it again, and that is what we call a toxic cycle. Mm. Sounds very familiar. Um, what about women? And we who- love it. And we love it because yeah. we, um, when we're in the honeymoon period, um, all our lust chemicals kick off, all our dopamine kicks off, and we just then that just makes us almost becomes addictive. Yeah, and I think that can like drive people to crave these toxic, toxic mm-hmm. relationships because that's where the fire and the passion and the great sex is and you know we want more of that rather than you know so we crave the drama because the good life is maybe boring you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and, and we've been sold that yeah we've been brainwashed we've been brainwashed into that 
Totally, totally. And that's and that and we call that pre-programming, not reprogramming. We call that pre-programming. So these mm-hmm. are things like TV programs we watch when we were teenagers. Um, so much pre-programming programming gets done before we're even seven. You know, our whole you know we're going to get swept off our feet. You could blame Disney for that. All those fairy tales, all that stuff. That's all pre-programming that we need to look at and go okay, where is this coming from? Why am I accepting this? What movie told me this was normal? You know? Yeah. yeah. Or what relationships have I seen uh-huh. from the people who raised me or in uh-huh. my life who have taught me that this is acceptable? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we love a good, we love a good movie, don't we? We love a good mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. story. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And what about women who um, you hear? I hear about this a lot. Um, women who, and I'd say I've probably had experience of this, who are attracted to people who they want to fix. Mm-hmm. 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 It's pretty toxic as well. Um, so the fixer, the fixer. Again, we have to look back to our family of origin. Where did that come from? Have you actually parented your parents? So this is the normal thing for you that you think this is normal behavior. Relationships should be two whole people building a relationship. It's not about fixing one another. It's two whole people building a relationship. I teach people all the time. The relationship is its own thing. Think about the relationship as its own thing. It needs to be nurtured. It needs to be developed. It needs to be fed and watered. The relationship, two people building a relationship, not trying to fix each other, toxic and codependent. Yeah. And what about narcissism? That's a big mm-hmm. word that I've been hearing a lot of lately. Yes, people get themselves, people are, there are narcissists out there and narcissists, I mean, you can all Google it. It's just that people are like navel gazing. It's just that everything's about them everything they're doing is important. You know, I'm sure we can think of some politicians who would fall into the narcissistic category. No respect for other people, no respect for other people's time or conversation or anything like that. So, you know, it's all about them all the time. Again, you know, some of us have, you know, narcissistic tendencies where sometimes you can get a bit wrapped up or that's, but that's, you know, being with a narcissist is very, very toxic. And you're not going to fix them. Yeah. That kind of leads me on to uh, something that you had said before was the lack of quality relationships is killing us more than obesity. So why do we let ourselves (laughs) be, why do we let ourselves do this? Well, the bigger question is, why is this not highlighted more? Um, So the World Health Organization, who we all know very well now, um, released a paper in 2018 saying that the lack of quality relationships is killing us quicker than obesity and mental health. So why are we not fixing this? Why are we not saying the quality of the relationships in your life is going to directly affect your health? Mm-hmm. Why are we not saying that out loud? Yeah, because don't they say that you're you're the average of the five people that you spend mm-hmm. most of your time with yep yep so if you're sitting in an office with four really toxic people it's just not good for your health mm. 
Yeah. If you're spending more than 20 minutes with somebody who's bringing you down and gaslighting you, it's not good for your health. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I think a big part of it is what we've kind of said, you know, people people don't feel like they deserve they mm-hmm. deserve love and happiness. People don't feel like they're worth it. Um mm-hmm. the their their esteem is low. Um, mm-hmm. But also there's, there is such a massive lack of awareness. And I suppose that's why you do what you do. To... I do what I do. It's yeah. why I do what I do. And it's what got me down the rabbit hole of how do people not know this stuff? This is ridiculous. And um, when it all kicked off, well, when it all kicked, when, when lockdown kicked off, I had 500 followers on Instagram. And then some lovely influencers around the countryside started shouting me out. I knew nothing about Instagram, so I didn't know how that really worked. Um, mm-hmm. But all I knew was these blue squares kept coming and this number up at the top kept going up. So, um, and I said this in the TED Talk, I bring, I brought the phone to my husband. And I was like, <clears throat> we thing is starting to happen over here. Mm-hmm. And um, he was so gracious and lovely and was like, Lisa, if we just stick our heads above the parapet and say, look, we did this. We had a great relationship. We went and got a little bit of guidance. And now we have an even better relationship. If we have to be the ones that stick our head above the parapet, let it be us and just just take the shame and guilt away. Yeah, because like in general, there's such a big stigma around therapy. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, every human in the world needs therapy, should have therapy. We all need to debrief. We all need mm-hmm. to talk. We all need to process and understand. And, and we do it in and we do it in so many other walks of life, but not when our relationships. If you have a really stressful time in work, would you like to go see HR and talk that through? If you go into a grief counselor, nobody would bat an eyelid. Nobody would bat an eyelid if you went to a grief counselor. No one would bat an eyelid if you went for a day retreat um on growth and self-worth now I know about nine it would have 10 years ago that would have been a big thing but you know so I want to get that stage I want to get to the stage where no one bats an eyelid when you say oh yeah we went to a relationship coach a couple of times they were brilliant we've got so many tips and tools and it's just transformed it's just made us even better that's my heaven that's my thing yeah and um the love language stuff Mm -hmm. So you've already mentioned a bit a bit of that about the, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. And um I I love that and live by it and swear by it. Um and just value my my own time and my own mm-hmm. energy so much. Um mm-hmm. to the point where I'm just like, leave me alone. <laughs> Let me be. Um what's your love language? My love language is time and then words of affirmation. Mm. Mine's would be, yeah, quality time and quality time, maybe acts of service. Like mm-hmm. I love when my um when my partner cooks for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what are the other ones? So there's quality time, acts of service, words of affirmation, personal touch. What's the other touch one? and gifts. Gifts. And yeah. usually if you like um acts of service, gifts is usually quite close behind. But mm-hmm. gifts, people think gifts are like big, huge gifts. Gifts are if your partner brings you home a packet of crisps that you really like. Oh, or yeah. that bottle of wine, or that bottle of wine that you said, oh, I love that bottle of wine, but they've taken the time to take a photograph of the bottle and then find that same bottle for you. 
Mm -hmm. that can be that can be um, high on the list as well Um, and some people say I so it's a free test online free five love language tests Gary Chapman Um, and some people say I really scored evenly in them all I must be so needy I'm like nope you're not needy because we're going to reframe that because you're not needy and we don't need to speak negatively about ourselves stop that right now Um, you're really actually very easy to speak love to that's brilliant you receive love in all five love languages which is great yeah it's a great book actually um so there's a book it's a really short read um but if you google the name of the book um is it just called the five love languages mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. gary chapman mm-hmm. um if you google that and pdf at the end of it you can get the free pdf online awesome awesome and then he also has an apology language test oh what's that about don't, don't ask me them off my head because i've forgotten them now but it's like some people would just accept somebody bringing them a cup of tea and not actually saying the word sorry ah. some people really need the word sorry and a how can we never let this happen again some yeah. people need sorry and that was totally my fault you know so there's different things that you need with the sorry i need a sorry and this is never going to happen again <laughs> I pro- I probably would be more sorry and it was my fault I would be more accountability but mm. then that plays very nicely into my words of affirmation yeah accountability in relationships is huge as well taking yeah. accountability of when you screwed up when yeah. you did good when oh that was my fault um it's funny it's a funny old thing and sometimes our partner doesn't even realize that that's our thing um and when you tell them they're like really that's your thing I'm like that's so my thing that's so my thing I just love that and then once you tell your partner that you love it and we use the carrot not the stick you tell your partner that you really like that that was really lovely I love that when that happens but like training people up you know we train them you know we, we train people up and we say I really love that that was have we test on the grid as well so you know when did when did you feel loved by me this week when did I feel loved by you when did another one and then the other one is when did you desire me this week and when did I desire you this week so if you tell your partner that you desired them whenever they were walking around the kitchen with their jeans and no shoes on they'll walk around the kitchen with their jeans and no shoes on all the time uh, so it's about desiring it's about when did you desire me when did I look desirable to you and then when you tell them positive things our, our human nature is to play into that yeah it's just building each other up as well isn't it mm-hmm. 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 um so accountability um mm-hmm. let me talk just a wee bit about that um accountability Sometimes I see, so like recent conversations, just family, friends and stuff. Sometimes people can be accountable, but Mm -hmm. then avoidant. So it's Mm -hmm. like, that was my fault. Okay, bye. Like, Mm -hmm. because they don't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's that all about? There is a lot of shame. When you take responsibility for something, there's a lot of shame wrapped up in it as well. You know, so maybe we should just be grateful that they took yeah. they were responsible. Maybe just be grateful that we took that they took they were accountable about it. And maybe we don't need to say well, why did it happen, and da, 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 which would be my should be my go to. You know, um, the thing I learned in therapy, and I was horrible at this. Um, so if your partner says they're sorry, 
that's the whole thing complete. We don't need to say, but you see, why did you do it? And da 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 da, and da 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 da, da because that's a bit of programming sometimes from our teenage life. So whenever we were teenagers and we apologized to our parents, they said, okay, that's fine, but I need you to know that that was unacceptable and I need this never to happen again and da 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 da. And there's nothing worse than when you've been brave enough to apologize, then getting the whole round of the kitchen for why it happened. Sometimes it's just okay. They've said they're sorry. They've apologized. They've taken accountability. That's all right. Mm. Okay. Don't know if I... Nothing worse than get... Well, with with your partner, imagine if you went to your partner and you said, you know what? I am sorry about that. That was my fault. Mm. And then they started to... Well, you see, it was really very hurtful. And you see, really, you should know better by now. And really, you should... You're like, okay, mate, I said sorry. (laughs) What do you want? My firstborn? Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. You don't want to be a complete melt, but at the same time, you want to know that, you know, it's not going to happen again. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just... And there's there's no guarantees in life that things won't happen again. No, of course. You You can say things like, right, okay. Thank you for your thank you for apologizing. I really appreciate that. What could we put in place now so that wouldn't happen again? Mm. That's much less accusatory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that apology. I'm just wondering, you know, what could we put in place? Should, could we set an alarm or something next time so that you won't be late? Yeah. Or, you know, do you want me to text you beforehand just to give you a reminder? What could we put in place so it doesn't happen again? Because it really did hurt me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Me and my partner are really bad timekeepers, but I always give him like a really hard time about it. If I have to wait on him, if he has to wait on me, it's it's fine. But if I have to wait on him because I have no patience. So mm-hmm. we definitely need to work on that. <laughs> definitely and like we've we've actually covered a lot and we were very to the point and um I'm gonna ask you another question mm-hmm. um and then yeah I think I think we'll we'll link people <laughs> on to where they can find you online and how they can book in with you if they if they're interested in finding out more Perfect. Uh, my question is how important is sex in a relationship? I knew it was going to be about sex. Everybody always gets <laughs> this one. To the end. So we call it erotic intelligence. Um, so Esther Perel is the person who, she is the queen of this. I am a mere student. Um, but keeping that intimacy, sex, that spark alive in your relationship is very, very important. And people who have figured out how to do it, we call that erotic intelligence, okay? People who have figured out how to move from the lust chemicals, which is the start of your relationship, into the romantic pleasure, love, attraction, all that sort of area of like relationships that are three, four, five, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. That's a real gift, it's a real gift. I believe that keeping that spark alive between the two of you 
is the glue to long-term relationships. It's keeping that thing that's your thing alive. I often tell couples, sex is not a thing you do. It's a place you go. Mm. Just for you. It's a place you go. It's a sacred place. Well, if you're monogamous for the two of you, if you're not monogamous, if you're in a polyamorous relationship or you're at whatever, it's a place that you go. It's a place that you go. And I think that's really special. And I think that all couples should keep that really, really special place and should nurture it and really sort of worry when it's not there. Okay, we haven't really connected this week. We haven't been intimate. Can we go out for dinner? Can we prioritize our sex life? Can we, this sort of thing. And it's hard to do, especially if you wee ones running around or your busy careers. It's hard to do. Um, and at the beginning of a relationship, the sex chemicals keep it alive um, so that you fall in love with each other. And then once, the, sorry, the lust chemicals, and then once those lust chemicals die off, we actually have to be proactive. Just the way we're proactive about going to the gym. Just the way we're proactive about going out and cutting the grass. Just the way we're proactive about caring for other things, doing the housework, making the dinner. Just like we're proactive about those things that we know are important to us sex is very important in your relationship mm. otherwise you turn into roommates who want to kill each other yeah but what at what at what stage does being proactive with your sex life become performative sex and you don't even mean it you're just doing it because you feel like you haven't did it in a couple of weeks yeah so don't do that yeah <laughs> don't do that say your needs say your needs but there are times when sometimes we have to have we talk to yourself and say, right, what is the crack here? What is going on? Am I just getting all up in my own flipping head about this? And you know what? Sex is great. I do enjoy sex with my partner. Um, it's a fun thing to do. And I actually miss it. But all our automatic negative thoughts tell us, oh, don't worry about that. Oh, you know, they're too demanding and da 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 Sometimes you have to have a good talk to yourself, just like we have to have a good talk to yourself about going to the gym or eating healthy food. Listen, I could eat crisps from morning, noon and night, but do I know it's good for me? No. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's good for me. Eating healthy food, eating nutritious. Da, da, da. You know what? We know it's good for us to spend time with our person, to make love. We know these things are good for us. The evidence proves it. Yeah. Okay. And is there like, it, I mean, I don't expect a number here, but should how often should we maybe be having sex like what's the currently the average day apparently (laughs) apparently the average is 2.3 times a week how they do that I'm not quite sure and so apparently that's a week so I was actually thinking that's pretty pretty good average you know um it's what works for you and your person Mm -hmm. what works for you and your person um I would always recommend kissing every single day. Yeah. I recommend six second kiss every single day. We mm-hmm. should be connecting. We should be holding hands. We should be rubbing each other's shoulders. We should be cuddling on the settee. It's these things that keep the little burn alive. Mm-hmm. Sleeping naked, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Noted, noted. <laughs> and um, if people want to 
Well, first of all, if people want to like read more about relationships and and that sort of thing, I'm not going to put you on the spot and ask you to name me books. But what I will say is that um, Lisa will maybe if if you can give me a couple of um, names and stuff, and I'll pop them in the notes. And I can the- just tell you. I can tell you now. Like, um, so uh, the honeymoon effect is a very very good book. It's all about what we just talked about there about keeping things alive and keeping the spark alive. Esther Perel has two books. One is called The State of Affairs. Been, if you have any issues with infidelity, things like that, very good book. If you're going through any issues with infidelity. In my opinion, you need to talk to your relationship coach because it's very difficult to get through that by yourself. Um, and her other book is Mating in Captivity, which is also excellent. Um, I personally love the book Untamed. It's more about just finding yourself and your own self-worth. And funny you should say, my own ebook is coming out on the 2nd of April. Wow. I keep telling myself it's more like a pamphlet than a book, but it arrived the other day and it is really like a little book, which is killing me. And after this call, I am, that's what I'm doing. I'm seeing the person about it. So Ooh. yes, terrifying. Read it. How do you, how do people get it then? So um, we're having a launch day on the 2nd of April. So I'm not sure when this podcast will be going out. Um, and then it'll just be on my website to buy. Amazing. Yeah. The pod, this episode will be live way before that. So and um, people can listen in advance and, and know and then they can go to your website so what's your website mm-hmm. my website's actually called lisa mcfarland just a thought okay and on instagram relationship.coaching.ni and obviously my website and all is on there so best is to find me on instagram listen okay. to my words right now all right best is to find me on instagram just lisa mcfarland relationship dot coaching dot ni and sure i'm never off the flipping thing and here no wonder you you boom during lockdown obviously with people being stuck inside together and mm-hmm. like actually mm-hmm. really getting to know each other like really getting mm-hmm. to know each other what about people who were split up and had to move back in because they both wanted to see their children oh my gosh yep it's yeah. a real thing mm, wow well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, and welcome. everything in the in the notes and stuff if anybody wants to find you or read further. So thanks, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me. I really liked it. Thanks, guys.